You're listening to the Next Exec Podcast Series with Executive Women's Forum. In this episode of Next Exec's Wise Women Series, Melissa sat down for a chat with Julie about her career path, experience, and what ultimately led to her solopreneur. Melissa and Julie discussed topics such as corporate America versus being self-employed, how to market yourself, finding the balance between work and life, and some of the lessons learned with taking a leap as a solopreneur. Hi, I'm Melissa Ramirez, and I work at Sony Pictures. I am manager of Third Party Risk, and I am here with Julie Glover, founder and principal of Six Degrees Privacy Consulting. Hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, Melissa. I'm great today. How are you? Good. I really enjoyed reading your LinkedIn article, what I learned after six years as a solopreneur, and I really felt it insightful and refreshing. So if you didn't mind, I thought we'd give our listeners some background on your previous career and where you're at now with your career. Oh, great. Thanks for the question. (laughs) First of all, the listeners might be wondering, what do you mean solopreneur? Um, I am an entrepreneur and a party of one in my company. So I am chief cook and bottle washer, basically do everything myself. So I think that works for some businesses, but maybe not for all businesses. But you wanted to know my history and how I got to this point. I would say that my career has been rather circuitous. I have done a number of different things. Some of them seem to go together and maybe others don't. (laughs) So I started out the first 10 years of my career as a practicing lawyer. I was mostly an employment lawyer, but also a business lawyer. When me and my family moved west to Oregon, I decided I wasn't taking a fourth bar exam since I had already taken three back east to practice in different states, (laughs) and it just wasn't worth it. So I was fortunate enough at the time to get a job at Intel in the Portland, Oregon area, and uh, ended up working there for 12 years. The good thing about Intel, which is probably true of a lot of larger companies, is that they kind of expected us to move around every couple of years and take on different roles. So one of the roles that I took on was as a privacy professional there on one of their early privacy teams. Really didn't have any experience in it, but learned a lot and learned that I loved that work. So stayed with Intel for 12 years, as I said, and then Moved on, worked with a couple of other corporations, Microsoft, Nike. And then when my family at the time, just my husband and I, because our kids had left the nest, we'd raised them in Portland, and we decided to move across the mountains to Central Oregon to Bend, which is where we wanted to live and wanted to retire, but also wanted to figure out how to live there before we retired. (laughs) So we took the leap uh, over the mountains and that was my impetus to, to jump off the cliff and start a business on my own because Ben's a very small town and there really wasn't a job for me there. So that's how I got started. That is amazing. I mean, I think it's really important to pursue your dreams and it seems like you did that. You know, I think we could give our listeners to just maybe a little more insight to what your differences were from a corporate world to working on your own and starting your own business. And I think from the sounds of it, it's always great picture it's delightful and stuff of that sort, but there's challenges. And I feel sometimes we don't always dig into that. So maybe you could share a little bit more on that. Right. Well, thanks. Yes, very true. And, you know, I think that I, in the back of my mind, maybe subconsciously, I knew that at some point I wanted to start a business, but I wouldn't say it was my lifelong dream. My father was an entrepreneur. I followed in his footsteps as far as career goes. 
and that might have been what planted the seed. But I was very comfortable in my nice, cushy corporate jobs, which many of the listeners probably feel that way. You know, you've got the steady paycheck, you've got all the wonderful benefits and a 401k, and it feels very comfortable. I think for me, it was getting out of my comfort zone of necessity because of our move out to the woods. (laughs) And that's what made me do it. But the other thing was that after working so long in the corporate world and learning a ton and meeting a ton of brilliant people, I mean, it was all very, very valuable experience. But I think I was ready to be the one making decisions for my own company and, you know, maybe having to engage in a little politics with my clients, (laughs) uh, depending on who the clients were. But, you know, not having to deal with corporate politics internally. I feel like I save a lot of time every day, you know, kind of just directing myself as to what I need to get done, who I need to communicate with. And making those decisions, that's been pretty refreshing. Yes, definitely. And how would, I guess, you would give advice, like maybe on marketing, some of those skill sets or or just that next jump, and how would they promote themselves to do something of that sort? Sure. Um, And that's a great question. Um, I I think if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, um, one of the first things I did is um, I figured out financially if I would be able to do this and give up my corporate salary. Um, I was, I'm fortunate enough to have a husband who also has a corporate job and provided health care for us. So that was a huge leg up for me. I think it's, it takes a little bit more time and planning if you don't have a backup income and, and health care and things like that. But um, that being said, um, moving into marketing, um, I did some market research on my own, which was not sophisticated. Um, I went on Google and I, I, I tried to see what other, who, who else you know out there, at least in the United States, was an independent privacy consultant, um, and you know who, who maybe had a website, and I could do a little research on them and see what they were doing. Um, so I did that research. I didn't find a lot at the time. This was in 2013, about six and a half years ago. Um, I also did some research looking at larger firms and privacy consulting services that they offered. So who's going to be my competition? Um, Once I figured that out, um, then marketing became, okay, let's get the website up. I hired a web designer. Um, I I already had some of my um, CIPP certifications, but I went out and got another one. Um, And I started attending more conferences and seeking out speaking engagements. Um, I would say that probably was my number one thing besides my website, was getting out, um, doing some speaking events um, with lawyer events. Um, I thought that would be a connection because of my background. Um, Also, um, tech events, any place, IAPP or other places, um, Technology Association of Oregon, in my case, was, was a place that I could... Uh, meet people, and the networking is key. So if you're even thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, start networking now um, with, you know, your own company, um, those in your industry outside of your own company, even your friends and neighbors, um, or, you know, your spouse's network, um, you know, even get into that, because it's amazing where um, friendships and relationships that you build 
um, can, le- can lead to some good business. That's great. I was actually going to ask you about networking, so you just jumped right ahead and answered that for me. Um, but on that, I think also what your, you know, the value here, it seems like there's a lot of research that goes into it. So, right, it's just some time, maybe a little time-consuming, or taking time to really do the research and ensure that you're aligned and what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we could pivot a little bit away from career, I mean, it's really tied into it, but how you being your own person, your own boss, your own company, working at home, how do you kind of draw the line from you know career and personal time? How do you take time? How do you recharge? What do you like to do? Okay, thanks for asking that. And that's really important. Um, I think one thing is there's, there is additional stress when you're running your own company because, you know, you are going to um, basically eat what you kill. So if you don't have, um, you know, a pipeline of projects, um, which in my case was not always the case and still is not always the case, um, you are going to have some ups and downs. You have to plan for that financially um, to the extent that you can. And you also have to be willing to take a risk and maybe, you know, give up some expensive things that you can give up <laughs> so you can get your business started, um, which is all fine and good. Um, as far as personal time, I think that ebbs and flows as well. Um, there are times when I really don't have work-life balance because I don't have anyone to fall back on or delegate to. Um, I do all my own bookkeeping. Um, I do my, my networking, my marketing. Um, you know, I keep the records myself. I send my invoices. Um, all of those things I have to do in addition to my day job. Um, so, you know, it, it can be difficult sometimes to balance on the other hand, um, I've tried to be really good about this, and honestly, I've learned a lot from one of my millennial sons who has his own business at age 28, um, and he, he takes the time when he doesn't have a project to go and do something he really enjoys. He might go camping for a long weekend. Um, he might do something special with his, his fiance. He might go take a bike ride in the middle of the day because he doesn't have to be someplace until later. So I've tried to emulate that. And when I do have that downtime, um, I, I try to take it. I'll, I'll go see my parents in Florida for a week. And of course, I can work from anywhere. So I just take my phone and my laptop. And if something comes up, I'm good to go. Um, and I also, for stress relief and balance, I'm one of those people that needs to do some kind of movement or exercise almost every day. So I do really try to make time for that and also time to, uh, cuddle with my big dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. I do feel like that's really important to kind of focus on. It, It does seem that we're in such a fast paced environment our world, our careers, everything just seems so busy. Everybody's so busy. Um, and, I, and I think there is sometimes pressure when you feel that you're not busy, that you're not doing something correctly. But I think you point out some great tips on really trying to refocus and take some downtime um, in doing so. Mm-hmm. Is there any other tips that you would want to give listeners um, or maybe a little more insight into, I think you had kind of stated early that maybe business by yourself is not for everyone. So is there any kind of important factors or was there any kind of aha moment that you knew for yourself this was for you? Oh, that's another great question. Um, I, I think, 
you know, lots of times people will do the same thing that I have done, which is start a business. You don't want to rent office space necessarily, so you work from home. Um, and I, I do that almost all the time. I travel as needed, but it's not like I have to get on a plane every week, which for me is great. I'd rather not do that. Um, the loneliness factor, though, is, is a big issue. Um, I, I literally live in a small neighborhood, um, and I'm working at home by myself almost every day. My husband travels every week. My kids are grown and gone, so it's me and the big dogs. Um, and and it, it, uh, the, the loneliness gets to me, I'll admit that. Um, I really enjoy going to conferences as to alleviate some of that. Um, and I really have to sometimes make... Um, make a dinner date or um, a yoga class date with a friend to make sure that I'm getting out and being around other people. Um, I think that connection piece is really important. Um, and, and I also try to do uh, kind of one-on-one touch-based phone calls with um, people I've worked with in the past or people who are also running their own business who I've known for a long time just to share ideas and just to be able to talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that's always nice. So, yeah, that's really important. Um, well, that's great. Um, I, I, again, I think you mentioned something that's really important. It feels that we've been talking about stuff with remote and on the go, um, taking some downtime, but also connecting. So, in, in your past experience or what you're, where we're at now, do you feel technologies may be able to help with some of that loneliness, like web conferencing or, or enabling or putting up a camera? Because before I was just so behind a phone or just joined a conference call. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like those technologies are maybe helping? Definitely. Um, I, I have clients who like to do almost all the meetings on video conference. And as long as the technology is working, which I get frustrated with because lots of times it doesn't, um, but as long as it's working, yeah, it is nice to see a face and and be able to connect, even with people, of course, that you've never met in person, um, which happens a lot. So I I think that's a good thing. I also uh, really appreciate the fact that we're in a technological age where if you're able to, you really can work from anywhere. So, you know, I, I can go someplace for a long weekend and nobody needs to know that I'm not in my home office on Monday and I can, you know, work for a few hours from wherever I am. So I I think taking advantage of that and using technology, which I think will continue to get better over time, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's definitely important. I kind of feel like that may tie into a little bit of the guilt that we sometimes feel that we're not available or we may not be able to be available, but Mm -hmm. it seems that there is these, these technology and just times that we actually could commit so hopefully alleviate some of that guilt of am I performing or am I doing my job or am I on am I on call as needed? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think there's the flip side to that too. Um, you know, I've been doing my career for almost 35 years now, and it, and I think you know we all are so tied, tethered to our our smartphones, and you know, on we're supposed to be on 24/7. I've been able to step back now and really kind of look at that and say, I don't want to do that. Um, and I and I think it's important to be okay with, you know, turning your phone on silent, um, not answering an email at 10 o'clock at night. I, I think that it's really, really important for your own sanity and really for your stress level and your mental health to be able to say, okay, I work, you know, however many hours a day that I need to get my job done and to be available when I need to be available, but I also need to turn it off. 
um, and be with my family, be with my friends, or just spend some downtime myself that's really downtime without my phone. Yes. So I, I hope that in your generation that, that people will take that to heart, because I do worry about your generation being so connected all the time. Definitely. I, I think that as we see that trend or see that our leaders kind of take that downtime and it's okay. I felt maybe in the beginning everybody's trying to play catch up or keep up, but it really does seem that we're kind of taking a different approach and people are really focusing on their health and their mental health and just some downtime, as you mentioned. So I think as long as our leaders are doing the same thing, um, we could follow in those footsteps. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up, I would just like to see if there's anything else that you may want to share with our listeners, any kind of fun facts or, again, any any type of tips um, in regards to, like, your article or just any other experience that you have. Well, um, I, I would say that to any of the listeners who are thinking about starting a business, um, you know, do your homework, do your research, but at the right time, go for it. I mean, it really is very rewarding to create something um, yourself, to run it yourself, and you know, you may hire employees or you may use contractors to help you with different parts of the business. That's great too, but to know that you can do it. I mean, I never really thought I could do this, and honestly, I didn't know a heck of a lot, if anything at all, about running a business when I started it. Um, but you know, with technology today, with the internet, um, with you know all the information that we have at our fingertips, um, and with the network of people, especially you know the women from EWF that that you can connect with, your mentors, your mentees people that you meet at the conference, um, you know, all, all of the resources available. I think now more than ever is a great time to start a business when you're ready to do it. So, you know, take that risk. Um, just kind of hold your nose and jump off the cliff into the lake. It's, it really is rewarding. Um, not always easy, but rewarding. And now, thank you. I like the fact that you really kind of hone in on that and kind of the real, realistic aspect of it, right? Because it's great, it's a dream, and you could do it, but there's just your honesty of there's going to be challenges, and we all should kind of set our, you know, expect that and just kind of be prepared and, and deal with them. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I'd, I'd also just let, like to let the listeners know that um, anyone who'd like to give me a call or send me an email, um, I would be more than happy to talk to you if you're thinking about this, if you want to bounce some ideas off. Um, I, I really would like to, you know, help anybody else who's, thinking about doing this, think about it further, answer any questions I could, or however I can help. Great. Thank you, Julie, so much again. She is very approachable, very open, and I would really recommend that you take that opportunity to reach out to her. Oh, thank you, Melissa. Thank, thank you. you for your time. Thank you.